0: This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station, and I'm Lily Chai. We all know that 2000s fashion is making its comeback, and film photography has also come back in trend. Trends, they come and go, but photography is something all of us can no longer live without. Withstanding the test of time, Bang Bang Gang is a camera and photography shop that started its operation back in 2013 by Ching Kun Ye at Publica Shopping Gallery. He's here to share his journey with us in this industry and how he thrived and survived through the pandemic. Good morning, Kun.
1: Hey, morning, Louis.
0: Okay, tell me, how did the name Bang Bang Gang come about?
1: Actually, I stole the name. <laughs> uh, back before the the I opened the shop, we already were shooting film as as a hobby. Back then, we always were very interested in anything to do with film photography. I came across a movie of journalists who were covering the civil war, civil unrest in uh, Africa itself, and it was during the film era. The movie also depicts exactly and they were carrying cameras, uh, you know, like Nikon and all this. So we, we sort of got caught up with it, that. And uh, the name of the movie is called Bang Bang Club. So I Malaysianized it. So I turn it into a Malay word, which is uh, Bang Bang Gang, which is a bunch of uh, shooters. Just giving a name to a bunch of us and have a Facebook page. That's how the whole thing started.
0: Right. And you mentioned before the interview that you were doing IT before this, right? So can you share a little bit about what made you decide to open a film slash camera shop?
1: Well, right. I've been in IT for a long time after graduation. So the shop that we used to send our processing to, the owner was previously uh, a reporter for Star Newspaper. Uh, started up a photo lab and he was doing it for almost 8 to 10 years and then he says I'm tired I want to give up so everybody was in shock you know so then one of my friends Yao went and spoke to him and, and he, he was actually putting up for sale so Yao probed me regularly you know hey go and buy it or change your career I said "You're crazy you know for somebody who's in the corporate to, to switch to a business mm. and totally out of your line it, it's, it's, it's it's this crazy idea I can't remember what was the turning point where I decided, yeah, that may sound a good idea. So uh, I spoke to my wife, my family, and all these things about that because it's, it's a major, major change. Uh, no more regular income, but they gave me the support. So I then decided to jump into it and spoke to the owner, Lee, and says, I want to buy it over. He refused to sell it to me. Say said, you, you don't be stupid. you got such a good corporate life and good income. Don't go into this. I'm getting out. So he refused to sell this shop to me, but I totally I made up my mind. <laughs> so he says, in that case, I will help you set up the shop, but I'm not going to sell you to this shop. So I uh, decided to open the shop. Then I went around looking for places to open the shop. Mm. So friends were in the property market, gave me suggestion here and there. When I decided to open the shop itself, I, I purposely just focused it on being a hobby shop. And at that time, film photography was really in the sunset those days. So everything that you want to look for is always in hidden here and there, in the most obscure place, the lowest renter and all this. So I decided to go the opposite. I opened in, in a mall mm. and open it large and make it very visible to make a statement that film photography is back and making making sure that it's a big large shop will give people the confidence that hey I could go into this hobby because there's this guy who's prepared to set it up so big so it's it's a l- indirect statement of film photography is here to stay. La.
0: So at the end of the day did Lee sell his shop to you? No,
1: no Lee didn't sell the shop to you, he sold it to somebody else. <laughs> Uh, so, mm,
0: correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, he did not sell you the shop, but you did rent his shop for a while and then you went and find another yeah, one Yeah, so
1: yourself. I didn't rent the shop. What I did was, uh, so Lee recognized that since I made up my mind to, to open a shop and I was already going to start uh, mm. my shop, he says, hey, you better come and uh, learn the rope. So I was you know, working there on the weekends la.
0: All right, let's dive into your business. So there are multiple things that you do. Uh, let's talk about your physical offerings first. So Bang Bang Gang, you sell uh, mainly film rolls and cameras, So and also some magazines as well. Where do you get these supplies from? Is it from a local distributor or you, do you source internationally?
1: I mean, the stuff that I offer or sell, I, I focus mainly on people's hobby. So the cycle of the hobby is, is to arm them with uh, bullets of film you know so they can go shooting so and then after they shoot then I process the the roles itself I have to source those film roles but I decided to try to not trade so much because in 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 the world of the e-commerce itself because I came from IT if I can buy that so can you so I didn't want to go online and buy and then resell and make some money out of it so what i did was uh, just do this what traditionally people do is to buy it from the principal so for film itself i only focus on four brands which is kodak fuji ilford and akfa uh, the first three itself, there are sole distributors in Malaysia. Well, Fuji is not sole distributor. It's actually their own branch. So Fuji, I get from Fuji, Malaysia. And then Kodak, I get it from the appointed sole distributor for Kodak uh, itself in Malaysia. So the distributor has changed. So whereas uh, Ilfert is also, there's a sole distributor in Malaysia. So I, also they have changed hands. So this is the second one I'm working with. And ACFA itself, there is, I used to work with the sole distributor for uh, Southeast Asia. Uh, unfortunately, they, they got terminated. So ACFA is the only one where I, I deal direct with uh, Germany itself.
0: Right. Do you decide what cameras you want to sell? Or is it up to the distributors to give you what you can sell?
1: In the film photography uh, business, it's all, all up to your your prerogative what you want to stock, what you want to buy. Na.
0: Mm, So how do you decide what do you want and what do you not want to sell then?
1: Well, initially, I started off by offering the whole range. But I didn't have the insights to how my customer base is. So I offer a full range. And as my own customer base starts to build up, they have their own preference. So then I scale back uh, from there.
0: Mm. Okay, so did the supply chain disruption due to the pandemic and did it affect your business in terms of, you know, the international shipments? You, just how you mentioned, you deal with uh, Germany distributors, right? Did that affect your business and the supplies that come in?
1: After the lockdown, I basically called the uh, after MCO3 as the point where you can fully open uh, uh, in between MCO1 and MCO3, it wasn't called really fully open because people have more priorities than just shooting film itself. La. Uh, after MCO1, I've got a, I haven't applied a MIDI license to open during MCO1, but that was a disaster for me. Pre pandemic and after MCO3, for me, is just huge hmm. and on multiple fronts. So I can give you some of the examples of what i'm facing now one was credit terms was withdrawn all right because i buy from sole, distribut- uh, sole distributors so they give you so for dealers it's called minimum order quantity mm. it's crazy in one item yeah i used to be able to order 30 boxes it went up to 150 boxes which means i have to buy five times more you know, than what it used to be and like everybody else is facing in Malaysia in all industry, the prices is just crazy. It just went up skyrocketing. So some items, for example, where the prices will get increased once a year, now it's increasing per shipment. The recent one is uh, I've got a shipment coming in. The recent one is even worse than I expected. It's on its way. I already ordered it. And like there are no credit terms, so you have to pay in advance. And you wait for two months for the goods to come. By the way, it's four ringgit more per box, pay up the difference. So, mm, I mean, you don't, eat. because I buy from the sole dispute, nobody else. So I have no choice to continue mm. that. So it's, it's crazy. It's just that you've got uh, prices increase, credit terms, withdrawal, uh, minimum order quantity gone enlarged. And for my German one, it's even worse. I used to be able to send a email to Germany on Friday. They will send me the performer invoice on the weekend. Monday, I go to the bank and do the telegraphic transfer to Germany. And by the next Friday, by this by that week's Friday, I will, the stocks will be in my shop. Now, after MCO three, I'm only allowed to order twice a year. And then, in some cases, uh, like for example, chemicals which I use, my supplier ran out of chemicals twice mm. in one. And, and I had to sort of not be able to do any processing for a week. So now I've gone paranoid. I ordered tons of it.
0: Okay, I want to talk more about the finances and uh, the pandemic part, right? But uh, we need to take a short break for some messages. I'm here with Jing Kui, the founder of Bang Bang Gang here on Open for Business here on BFM 89.9, the business station. Bloggers for Malaysia. BFM 89.9 <Sps> Welcome back. This is Open for Business here on BFM 89.9. And I'm Lily Chai. I'm here with Ching Kun the founder of Bang Bang Gang. And before the break, we were talking about the genesis of the business, the products that they sell, uh, where they source their products from, and a very, very interesting supply chain disruption and uh, basically a mess. So this industry is not cheap. How much was invested into this business initially, uh, buying equipment, machines, and things like that?
1: When I started the shop, I I spent probably about six to seven hundred thousand already. And now, due to the pandemic, it has gone beyond uh, a million already.
0: Would you say that you have become profitable before the pandemic and then things started to go downhill due to the pandemic then?
1: Yeah. 2019 uh, was the peak. Best the most profitable year for, you know, from two zero one three to two zero one nine, and then two zero two zero January. My God, it's like it's like a, a lorry slam into you. That God, zero, you know. So like I said earlier, I I, I even took the mit license uh, at MCO one because I was just concerned about the whole matter to open the shop and continue business even in the hours were short because you can't operate too long. The, the business couldn't recover anything to just to pay the car park and the petrol. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a very shocking experience for me. So when it came to MC, the, the MC2 two and 3, I just stayed at home.
0: But so many businesses, they transitioned and added a new avenue, which is uh, going digital. But you did not, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, why did you not choose to, you know, sell your cameras and film online?
1: For a start, uh, when I started a shop, there wasn't enough bandwidth for me to do any digital, so I I, I stayed away from that. Like rather than start it up and then have poor service, So I'm still having a bandwidth issue. I'm still a one man shop, but I've learned from uh, the the MCO one itself. That basically most of my customers they have other things to focus on than taking their film camera and go <laughs> shooting. <laughs> I myself uh, thought that. Uh, I would have a good time trying to, you know, snap my children. I took 11 rows back home. I think the whole MCU only shot one row. <laughs> and it was just to exercise the camera. So people had other priorities than their hobby. And it's, it's common sense. Like, it's just that like for me being in the a, in a, in a, in a provider of hobby, we're just hoping that it will be otherwise. But actually, the reality is that they, people have other priorities. Like.
0: Right. How did you manage to bounce back then?
1: First of all, is uh the I have to take the loan to because I was more focused on making sure the business don't close. So September, when we were allowed to open, you know, we meet everybody, we meet our tenant friends, and we look around, many shops are closed. So we comfort ourselves that whoever still have a running business means that they have survived. And it's only with a platform for your business can you Try to to recover, so uh, that was my my focus lah. So whatever it takes, I will do that lah. So after MCO three um, and shop reopens, then uh, business took off because it's like in Chinese we call it chokam, uh, you know. So everybody all of a decide to go out and have fun and spend.
0: Chokam, by the way, means be uh, being imprisoned. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. uh, Can you tell me about uh, how has the crowd been after uh, MCO3 and has it gone back to pre-pandemic levels or has it increased?
1: After MCO3, if I look at my own uh, number of uh, customers that have come in, I I did not look at the turnover revenue because the prices of things have escalated. So that's not a good indicator to do it. But if in terms of number of, of people coming to the shop itself, yeah, compared to two zero one nine, it's it's gone up about fifteen percent and it's still going up. So I'm I'm quite happy. But worldwide, the the this particular trend has exploded hmm. In
0: film photography, right? Yeah,
1: film photography has exploded because all of a sudden uh, people really wanted something more more tactile. Mm. They they want something where they can feel they are making a picture. Uh, well, I mean, I still use my digital camera and my phone. But uh, you, 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 once you try, then you realize that when the... F- film photo comes out and you look at it then you you can you can recall how you 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 make the picture
0: okay you mentioned that uh, bang bang is still a one-man show right so how many customers can you expect to visit your store each day on average and how do you handle the numbers that are coming in
1: well, I don't envisage to continue as a one-man show. I started out as a one-man show just to get it going. So over the years, I had a few interns. And then one of the interns graduated. She was also doing uh, film photography in her courses. And after graduation, she came to work for me as my assistant. But uh, six months down the line, she changed her mind. So it takes time to, to, to find an assistant.
0: Right. Isn't it difficult for you to recruit people to join you to work together? First of
1: all, is I don't actively go and put out papers and do like that uh, to, to, to recruit people. I just wait for people to turn up because I find that the shop I'm in, though if they don't know film photography, there's no chance you can work in the shop. And then you have to have an interest. So I'm more looking to an apprentice, which is more an artist rather than uh, one who just wants to work to earn money. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm more focused on making sure that the person's aspirations uh,
0: aligns uh, with yours. Yeah.
1: Okay. Right? So I'm uh, still looking one day that I uh, can get a full-time assistant so I, I can do more things. La.
0: Right. I read that you also provide lessons, but uh, has this halted because of the pandemic or are you looking to continue teaching and providing lessons to people who are interested?
1: My focus was, uh, for the shop was being a hobby shop. So uh, I felt that the, one of the ways to ensure that the, there's a lot of newbies is to, is to guide them. So till today, I am still providing the what we call over-the-counter type of uh, help desk services. So people will, will come in with a whole bag of cameras they found at home and ask me, Uncle, can you find one that works? And if cannot... If the nearest one doesn't work, is there a way to fix it? So I'll go through that. So for those which I found that's working, then, you know, I teach them how to load the role, how to unload the role and give them some initial tips to how to shoot the role, what to look out for.
0: So it's not like a workshop basis where you invite people saying that, oh, we have a class today, you can sign up. No, it's not like that, but it's more
1: over-the-counter service. Yeah, and then I have uh, also... Uh, allocated a slot on Sunday morning for about 45 minutes. So for those which wants to uh, go on a 101 uninterrupted, focusing on their problems. So you're supposed to, if you've got problems with the, the photos you've taken, you're supposed to bring the photos you've taken most probably on the phone and your camera. And then I'll sit through to, to guide you how to do this.
0: And that's for free?
1: Uh, that's for a cup of coffee in return. <laughs> so I find that the uh, to be fair, because film photography has been around for a long time. And a lot of the things that is available already beyond the patent period. So accessibility to information in terms of materials online is unlimited. You get overwhelmed sometimes to try and figure out which to, to start, what to look at for. So I prefer to go on a help desk process where I prefer to fill the gaps out of where you don't understand. It may sound hard, but I find that if you have, if you're not the type to help yourself, then I won't want to help you out. (laughs) So you have to make your own initial effort.
0: Your role is more of a teacher in that situation, more than a business owner.
1: Yeah, because I went through mentoring with my teacher in US. So I tend to find that mentoring way is more productive rather than the school education way where you start from A, a to z and where everybody comes to your workshop and you assume everybody doesn't know a to z you know i've been in my corporate life i've been through so many classes and training it can get very boring for the first few days when you're trying to make sure that you are filled up with the a to z yeah. right
0: uh just now let's go back to the question and what is your customer demographic like are they mostly students or adults
1: the customer base has evolved over over time. Mm. It used to be what I call hardcore film uh, hobbies, which which is during the, the digital era, everybody who wants to go in a film has to be hardcore. But now because it's exploded, so now most of the my customers are all IG people, <laughs> you know.
0: Social media has a very big influence in the film photography space. Yeah, yeah, right. it's,
1: it's it's you. So if you talk about why not go into digital? If it's not for digital, I wouldn't have gone into the hobby. If it's not for digital, film photography wouldn't explode. Mm. And so, in a way, digitalization helps bring back a lot of uh, old retro stuff. La.
0: Mm. Okay, I read something interesting the other day. And Canon, they did a press release saying that the camera market has largely bottomed out at its current size. Do you agree with this statement or do you see similar challenges in the future for your business?
1: It's hard for me to look uh, further down the line because I'm not in the helicopter view. As a one man, I'm still seeing the trends that's up to my nose la, not and not beyond. La. For me, it's always going back to the fundamentals is that people somehow still like to do Uh, certain things in the same way Uh, like it or not even though we have got the ease of buying bread I still got people making bread at home Mm. so uh, even though we still got keypads and phone somehow everybody will still have a pen and paper somewhere and they'll still end up scribbling and then losing the scribblings and then regretting it but (laughs) there's the human aspect which we can't get away with So photography has always been into picture making itself. So the digital has has turned photos into information
0: storytelling as well.
1: Yeah storytelling and information I mean I uh, picture has now become really information to save to save uh, confusion, to save time and so on and so forth. Uh, so people now want to, Back to be able to to do things where they they, they look at it and they know that they make it. So same with photography. People want the feel itself to to know that they make the picture. The world has come from an information and knowledge age. So information and knowledge is already a past. We are now actually in what they call the experience economy. So everybody nowadays wants experience.
0: And that is where photography comes in. Yes,
1: the film photography is also in the area where people can feel their making. So, so long as this experience industry is around, I I think film photography is here to stay up to that stage.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for spending time with me today, Kun. I've been speaking to Chin Kunyi, the founder of Bang Bang Gang. And if you miss any part of this show, you can go ahead and download the podcast on our website on bfm.my or the BFM app that is available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. I'm Lily Chai and this has been Open for Business on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station.